Do you want to know about customs, traditions, beliefs and culture of different countries? Have you ever wondered how different backgrounds influence our worldview? Let's find out together. Join us every Friday from 10 to 12 on Mushtar FM. Hello guys, today in cultural program with you are Yulia and Andre. Hello! And we want to ask you guys, can you feel the love tonight? I can definitely say that yes, I feel the love. Yeah, and if you think, why are we asking you this? Because today we are doing a program about the magnificent and one and only Elton John. Yay, legendary Sir Elton John. Yeah, a little bit, maybe somebody didn't hear about Elton John. So we will give you some short review about his biography and musical life. But first, I think we can remember the first time when we were listening to him, Andre. Do you remember this time? When yeah. First? yeah, it was my childhood. Uh-huh. I think a lot of people heard him for the first time at the same time as me because it was the Lion King. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, at that moment, I didn't understand uh, how great of an artist I'm listening to. And then I had another meeting with him when it was the time when MTV still was a musical uh, channel. I remember this. <laughs> Without yeah. all, all these shows where they go to a date. Yeah. <laughs> And there I heard another his songs like I'm Still Standing or Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. And then internet came to my life. And that's when I finally found out how great he was. Yeah. And what about you? About me, the same about my childhood. I think I was about six years old, but it actually wasn't Lion King. My first meeting with Elton John was when I was dancing. I've been dancing since six. Mm -hmm. And we were dancing, I remember, this mild and warm dance called Roomba. We used composition Blessed and original scene. And of course, at this time, I also couldn't understand what the great songs were played but I felt this special feeling because the music was wonderful and absolutely amazing it was capturing us that's why these dances I still remember till that day and even I remember some words and it's really interesting when you are so small but you feel this special spirit of song So that's why. Yeah, yeah. And about the spirit, uh, Lion King is also that special thanks to the music too. Of course, the picture is beautiful, but with his songs, animation becomes really magical and alive thanks to his songs. Yeah, I agree. Because without music and lyrics, I think it would be nothing, just a cartoon. But with this composition, it comes the real masterpiece. Yeah, and have you seen the movie? Yes, I watched an animated film actually when I was already grown up. I mean, I watched it when I was about 16. Of course, when I was a child, I watched some pieces, some episodes of animation. But first long meeting with this film was at about 16. And last year, it was last year. Yes, yeah? yes. Yeah, last year I went to the cinema to watch this renewed film. I don't know what to say. I don't like to make some comparison of it. I think it's absolutely different, but of course the idea is still the same. The songs are still the same, but what I didn't like, they made translation 
all the oh, songs. Yeah, yeah. So when you are listening to it in Russian, it's not the same when you're listening to the original. So that was a bit not good for me. Yeah, why I ask? Because for me, the movie lost some magic because the songs didn't sound that magical yeah. way in, yeah. in other Absolutely. in other artists' lips, let's say. Absolutely. So it was like first impression. We had it in our childhood and we still are stuck on it and I don't think that it's bad. Just we love the original version. Yes, yes. So let's move on and explain to our listeners why we chose this topic today, Elton John, yeah. all of a sudden. Because Elton John now is having farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour. It yeah. will be his last. And after that, he will retire from the concerts. John cited spending time with his children as the reason for his retirement. And uh, some of the press, actually, they told it's his health. And that's what he said about it. In the press today, in England, of course, they said I'm retiring because of ill health. And if you're up to 300 shows, you're not in ill health. You're in great health. Listen, last year I picked up an infection in America and I was very ill for seven weeks and it knocked me sideways, but I still did 96 shows last year. So he is not ill, even though a week ago, I think, in Auckland, he got pneumonia and mm. had to stop the concert. But even with this setback, he said that he will finish the tour in Australia and will do another show in Auckland in New Zealand. So if you hear that Elton John is really sick and that is why he is retiring, don't, don't listen believe. to this. Don't believe yeah. it. Great person. From these words you say it because, of course, making, creating concerts and being this piece of art like music like show business is not an easy task i think but what we will open today i think that he is a great person because when you are so stuck and believe in your dream and you're overcoming all the troubles in your life it's more precious than just to say oh, i'm retiring because i'm ill of course it took a lot of energy from him but i believe that it gave him a lot of energy energy from his spectators of the show and of all these people who love his songs and by the way if we're talking about some figures i would like just to maybe add to what you said just imagine dear listeners elton john gave more than four thousand concerts in more than 80 countries and he sold of course not directly him but <laughs> There were sold more than 300 millions of his CDs, of his albums. So can you just imagine what a great work and job he made during his 72 years old life? I can say 72 yeah. he is yeah. now. Yeah, and he is still giving concerts. I really would like to visit one of them. I can admit, Andrea, was I've been listening to his songs all this day and I feel a bit romantic and a bit sad because I just can listen it through radio or other players, but I haven't met him in my real life. So would you like to visit his concert? What do you think? Yeah, of course. I also listened to his music while preparing to this program and looked at some live concerts and he sounds really great on this and I love that he didn't lose his voice like when he was young and yeah. he still performs at the same level. He didn't lose anything yeah. while aging. And even though he had this alcohol problem, uh -huh. drug problems, but he still managed to overcome it and keep his talent, his voice, yeah. his quality Agreed. of music. And by the way, do you know the story when he had an operation on his throat? I heard something, but if you... Yeah, I can share. 
so maybe if you listen to some of his early songs and some of his last versions he is performing you will find small difference between his louder voice and his timbre i will explain why because in 1986 the musician lost his voice unfortunately during the tour in australia so after concert in melbourne he had to make the separation on the throat and his voice was changed i believe that elton john was not just upset i think it was like tragedy for him but as we can see he overcame this problem and even it was like tragedy can you imagine for the musician who is singing and voice is his instrument mm-hmm. i couldn't imagine what i would be doing if such a situation happened to me but he's still singing and it doesn't matter which kind of timbre he has it's still magic and as you said he still have it and he's still working that's the great point i think about him yeah and actually as a proof that he this was a tragedy for him when he had to stop the concert last week he was escorted from the stage and he was crying really crying because he couldn't continue oh, yeah. yeah so i think that was a tragedy and actually i wanted to add about the concerts that he gave a lot of concerts as you said yeah. thousands <laughs> of them and there is account that it means that if you play the concert every day it would take you almost 10 years to catch up with him oh, God. <laughs> every day for 10 years to catch up with him yeah so you can imagine how many concerts are there given already by elton john yeah because he had he has he still has long interesting life full of different events and we will talk about that a bit later but what i meant he's 72 and about 50 years yes about 50 years he's on the scene so that's why no one can catch him up <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah i think it's worth to congratulate him and it's the person you can look at as not an idol maybe but you can admire him so it's my opinion but as i said he has actually not an easy way to his this great star or to this place where he is now so maybe we can give some short review about his biography what do you think andre yeah yeah and let's start with childhood i think yeah sure because he was born reginald kenneth dwight not so, elton yeah, john it yeah. wasn't the real name in the 1947 his father was uh, in royal air force mm-hmm. and he wasn't there a lot And when he, his father, find out that Elton John wanted to be the musician, he tried to steer him toward a more conventional career, such as banking. Mm-hmm. And remembering this fact, Elton John said, my dad was in a Royal Air Force, so he was away from home a lot. And when he got back, he tried to impose his new rules about everything, how I ate, how I dressed. John has said that his wild stage costumes and performances were his way of letting go after such a restrictive childhood, actually. So, yes, I can confirm this information, Andre. I agree. We can conclude that his father, of course, and his parents made an influence on him. And that's why he's looking now so outstandingly and maybe sometimes shockingly. I mean, his appearance, his looks, his suits. But now we can say it's his look and we can't imagine Elton in some 
other kind of costume. Yeah, and I like how he uh, managed to change it a little bit with the age because now he is like performing in the bathrobes, yeah. <laughs> but they are still glittery, shiny, yeah. and that's yeah. that's how you know that's Elton John still. <laughs> he is stylish, I can admit. It doesn't look too crazy because, for example, Lady Gaga, she's too much as for me, but Sir Elton John is looking rather nice and sometimes even it seems like he's modest. I mean, he's looking classical. Yes, what I yes. Meant. Yeah. And as we started to speak about style a little bit, we'll go to the side and uh-huh. I will tell you another fact about him. Okay. Elton John owns over a thousand pairs of glasses. Over oh, a thousand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's absolutely his point. And he actually, at first, he didn't need glasses because he's so very nice. But uh-huh. with age, his sight became worse. And now he got like got into his habit yeah. <laughs> so some way. <laughs> why, if I should wear the glasses, why it can't be so beautiful, as beautiful as I want? So <laughs> I yeah, can and understand it. His obsession with glasses actually has even made headlines. And in 2013, he had to deny claims that he always booked a second hotel room just for <laughs> to store his glasses. <laughs> yeah, I believe <laughs> it can happen. Okay, but if we are talking about his childhood, we can move on. So as we conclude, his parents, of course, made a great influence on him and Also, we can remember that young Reginald, he actually had an extraordinary talent. If I'm not mistaken, from four years old, he could play the piano Mm -hmm. and not just play, but he could remember the tune, the melody, and he could play it right on the piano. Yeah, right after the first time he listened it and then he was like a recorder. So that's why young Elton got a grant in Royal Conservatory. And of course, he had to mix his education in high school and education in this conservatory. But actually, his parents were not sure about his musical education and they didn't like it. But his mother was supported him. When Elton started giving concerts in local clubs, his mother was supporting him and she could never miss any of these concerts. And I can add that in 1960, this talented teenage created the group The Corvettes. So since that time, they were coming more or less popular in the local community. And I can add that his musical style was kind of rhythm and blues mixed with rock and roll. So it was uh, the music of that time because his favorite musicians, Jim Reeves and Ray Charles, of course, made an influence on young Elton. And also I can add this young band even created two discs. But of course they were not popular and after that Reginald has changed the name of the group to the Bluesology. Bluesology, yeah. Yeah, as you can understand, blues and rhythm and blues. Yeah, and actually Bluesology have something to do with his name nowadays. Yay. And That's the story started with his Reginald to Elton John, I can guess. Yeah, yeah. But first, I would like to add, first he would like to change his name just to this fun 
Hercules. Did you hear about that? Yeah, and I heard that it wasn't after the mythical hero. It yeah. was after the horse, I yes. think, from the movie. From the movie, yes, something like that. It was just for fun. So it wasn't <laughs> like his official name. He got rid of it very soon. Yeah, so about bluesology, when he was changing his name from Reginald Dwight, he chose Elton John to pay tribute to vocalists Long John Baldry and saxophonist Elton Dean from bluesology. And for a middle name, yeah, he picked Hercules. <laughs> yeah, and they, yeah, after the horse named Hercules on the British sitcom Steptoe and Son. <laughs> yeah. So, the period of bluesology, we can't name an easy one. It was 60s and actually Elton John had to work hard and their popularity wasn't so high. So that's why they were trying to visit as many clubs and pubs as they could. It was some kind of <laughs> local tour. But, of course, Elton was trying to find the recording company and he was, like, knocking on their doors and no one wanted to take his songs, of course. So it was, I think, the first time when he could just reject and he could tell, like, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. Anymore. But only one company, it's called DJM, was interested mm -hmm. in his songs because they noticed this special spiritual kind of music like they play in churches, you know. And that was actually I wanted to say when we started our program today because his music is full of these special sounds. Yay, it's not like just rock or rock and roll or blues. It's something more deep inside this music so i agree and that was the time after that he came more or less coming higher and further into his musical career yeah but before djm records actually was another big event in his life mm -hmm. what yeah. happened in 1967 john answered an in the british magazine new musical express which was placed by Ray Williams, then the A&R manager for Liberty Records. At their first meeting, Williams gave John an, an open envelope of lyrics written by Bernie Taupin. Aww. Yeah. It was the destiny. Yeah, who had answered the same ad. John wrote music for the lyrics and then sent it to Topin, beginning a partnership that still continues, still through 50 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah, and when they first met in 1967, they recorded the first Elton John, Bernie Topin song Scarecrow. And I actually got some quote from Elton John. He remembers this moment. I had failed an audition for Liberty Records in 1967, and the guy from the label gave me an envelope with his lyrics in it as an afterthought, like a consolation prize. I'm not sure he had even opened the envelope and read the lyrics himself before he did it. I think he just felt sorry for me and didn't want <laughs> me to go away empty-handed. <laughs> and then he says about Bernie, We were very close right at the start of our career together, but we have completely different people. He comes from the wilds of Lincolnshire, I come from the suburbs of London. He lives in Santa Barbara and he's literally won competitions for roping cattle. I collect antique porcelain and the only way you'd get me on the back of a horse is at gunpoint. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us can write if the other one is the room. Is actually interesting fact. Yeah, they usually send music and lyrics to each other. They never in the same room. Yeah. But there is a weird bond between us that I felt the minute I opened the envelope. I could just write music to his words straight away without even thinking about it. And it's lasted over 50 years. Yeah. Another interesting fact, actually, about their writing. Usually, uh, Bernie writes a song for an hour. 
Yeah. He needs only an hour. Then he sends it to Elton and he writes music. About half an hour. Half an hour, yeah. yeah. But if he can't do it in half an hour or maybe hour, he throws it away. He knows that's the sign for him that it won't be a good song. Yeah, but I have one story I will tell you a bit later about some songs. Yeah, because sometimes this tradition was ruined. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I would like to add it's this special magic between two people, how they can be different and how they can work together. Well, it was about this magical working in pair with some great partner. And even if you are still different, but you are working like you said, like bomb, it still works. But I would like to add that in 1967, the same year, actually Elton John overcame the drama, real oh, drama. I didn't hear about it. He fell in love with girl. Mm -hmm. It was... As I remember, his first serious feeling to the girl and he was about to get married with her. But she was rather strict to him and she couldn't divide Elton John between music and between himself. So she wanted just him. And oh. she, yeah, and she told him, so you can choose or me or music. So either one option or me. Thank and God he didn't yeah. choose her. <laughs> yeah, but it was a very dramatic moment in his life because he was about to kill himself, really. Because he couldn't choose. He was in love so much, so deep. So he was thinking about that, so music, but he couldn't imagine his life without music. But I'm very glad that he chosen music because it was yeah, the right me too. choice. Me yeah. too. <laughs> but as I said, he was about killing himself and it was very, very poignant and sharp point in his life. I think this time also influenced him and that's why maybe his songs are so lyrical and full of different feelings. Yes, we're talking that mm, Bernie was creating the lyrics, but lyrics are nothing without music. So that's why I think his music is full of variety of feelings and you will find any of what you want. Love, sadness, sorrow, inspiration. So when you are reading more about the person, you understand more about his his music, yeah, his yeah. music, songs and arts. Yeah. So and you're gonna hear not only in his songs that he is a sensitive person, but even at his live performances, when they show you a close up of his face, you can see in his eyes that he really feels what he sings. And that's why I think the listeners love him, because he doesn't lie to you. He doesn't sing like something that is not related to him. And yeah. that's how you get relatable with him. Yeah, agree, totally agree. By the way, as I remember, he was always a bit sad that he was stuck with the piano. So he wasn't like, uh, you know, Freddie Mercury, who is running on the scene. He, ah. <laughs> yeah, he was more or less stable on the scene. But that was the way how he shared his own feelings. So it doesn't matter if you're standing on the scene or playing the piano. Yes, but your face, your eyes, your thoughts are working. And after some time, he caught this idea that it was definitely for him sitting with, on the piano, but not running on the scene like crazy other people so it was his style and it was i think the right decision to choose this way of performance yeah and later we are going to speak about the rocket man movie and his commentaries about it and there are some scenes that 
don't look like reality, but he says that they show how he felt near the piano when he was uh -huh. playing. Yeah, and he felt... Yeah, sometimes he felt like running around or maybe even flying. So, yeah, yeah I will tell you this <laughs> okay. story a bit, little bit later. But moving on, and yeah, you said that they were Elton John and Bernie Topping were writing for DJM Records. In 1968, they became really successful staff songwriters. Yay. But in 1969, Elton John received his first break as a singer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and came up with his debut album Empty Sky mm -hmm. and then backed it with a follow-up album Elton John that was released in April 1970. The album soon became his first hit album, reaching number four on the US Billboard 200 and number five on the UK Albums Chart. Yeah, and I can add that in autumn of the same year, 1970, Elton John and Bernie Taupin were invited in the USA, by the way. And I think maybe you've heard about this triumphal performance in the club Troubadour. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it was also the main point in his life when his popularity has started to grow. So America loved him so much. And I also can add that I was watching some pieces of different interviews of different musicians all over the world and who were there they remember how was it so people were about crazy crazy about his music and what they were doing with bernie so it was i think the first step to his career in the music well and that was like spring like the beginning of his musical career and in spring 1973 they already were celebrating the opening of their own company, Rocket Record Company. Yes. Yeah, for creating his songs. So I suppose it's connected with the song Rocket Man or not. Maybe I'm mistaken. You can correct me. I was, I was thinking so too, because when you read the Rocket Record Company, yeah. the first thing you think <laughs> is a Rocket mm -hmm. Man. Yeah. And maybe it also resembles the fact how his career rocketed yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, like rocket. Yeah, so Whoa. But I would like also mention another album, because after the making the second album, in 1972, he released Honky Chateau, oh, which went mm -hmm. on to become his first U.S. number one album. And this was just the beginning, as what followed was a streak of seven consecutive U.S. number one albums. Wow. That's how he came and conquered the American music. Yeah. So he wasn't as popular in Britain for first time, but he became popular in the USA first. So I also read some information between these charts in the USA and in the UK. It's a bit different, but anyway, now he's popular all over the world. Yeah, and yeah. about <laughs> charts, there is. I will drop some interesting facts about yeah, the program. Yeah, yeah. John is one of the kings of the Billboard charts. When mm -hmm. Billboard released its list of the greatest artists in the history of the Hot 100, he came third, beating out Elvis Presley, but coming in behind the Beatles. And it was a surprise for me, actually, Madonna. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know why. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm not just a fan of Madonna. That's why I don't understand. But yeah, he is the third in this Hot 100 by Billboard. Oh, yeah, maybe because Madonna is also some kind of iconic person in the USA. That's why. And I would like to add, by the way, they were in the same charts with Elvis Presley and the Beatles, John Lennon. I'm talking about him. 
directly. So they were friends in their real life. I mean, Elton John and Elvis and John Lennon. So it's an interesting fact. Yeah, and there are other two facts about John Lennon and Elton John. First of all, uh, Elton John is a godfather to the Sean Lennon, yeah, son of Elton I John know, and yeah. Yoko Ono. <laughs> and the second fact is that in 1974, during one of John's concer concerts at Madison Square Garden, John Lennon joined him on stage to perform three songs. This was part of a bet, actually. John had bet Lennon that if the song Whatever Gets You Through the Night, which featured John Lennon, uh -huh. went to number one, he would have to join Elton on stage. Occurring six years prior to his assassination, this was Lena Lennon's last major on-stage performance. Yeah, because in three months, as I can say, yes, in three months he was shot. No, in no. six years. Oh, in six years, Indictment. sorry, yeah. He was shot. It was a bit sad story because, of course, to lose the friend, it's not an easy option. Yeah, 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 and Elton John actually wrote a song, Empty Garden, as mm -hmm. a tribute to John yeah, Lennon. Yeah, I remember. But if we're talking about songs, maybe I can share one story if we're talking about losing friends. And that was actually, we were talking about Elton John had different events in his life. And of course, the sad ones. And if we're talking about songs, I would like to share one more story about this sad story in his life. Candle in the Wind. I'm sure you know this song. It was written in... 1974 and this song was dedicated to Marilyn Monroe yes because she was 36 and she died and I can't say that they were close friends or they even didn't know each other but this news shocked Elton so that's why he decided to create this song Candle in the Wind it's a touching ballad And Bernie Taupin told that actually it wasn't only about Marilyn Monroe. It was about all the great people whose lives were cut in one, in one time just suddenly. And that's why it was used not only into the memory of Marilyn Monroe, but I think you also know the second birth of this song uh, was in 1997. Yes. Yes, when the princess of the Great Britain, Diana, died. It's an interesting fact. She was also 36, as Marilyn Monroe was. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he changed the lyrics a bit and changed the song a bit. But it was a very tragical story. It was a tragical story because Diana was... A great friend of Elton and it was really tragical because it was Elton's personal loss so uh, this song was very warmly accepted by all the people because the lyrics were very touching and all these words were directly about Diana so the words like goodbye the England rose were like an explosion And he performed this song only once, as I remember. Yeah, yeah, and that's right. Yeah. After that, he told that he can perform this song again only if her children allow him to do that. And by the way, also an interesting fact, which shows us that Elton John is a great person, really. Because after 
this performance, this song, Candle in the Wind, he got 55 millions of English pounds and he didn't take any coin of this sum. He gave all this profit to the memorial fund of Diana. Mm -hmm. So we can see what a great person he was. When you are losing your friends, when you are losing great people in your life, you're coming through such a deep sorrow, I can say, and how you can overcome it. I think only using arts and, yes, music. So as he said, everything I have, everything I can do just to create the song. That was definitely he was doing. That was the only thing he could do to memorize these people. Yeah, and actually this song ended up going on to be the best-selling single since White Christmas. Yeah. And its effect seems to persist in the 21st century. But also I read that YouTube video of Elton John singing at the funeral has been viewed more than 26 million times, and I went on to watch this video too. And a lot of people in the commentaries were surprised how he was able to be so composed and not to cry while he was mm -hmm. singing. But that takes us back to this sensitive side of his, because when they showed the close-up again, you could see it in his eyes that this was a real pain for him yeah. to sing. Yeah. And as you said, he doesn't perform the, the version of the song that he wrote for Diane, but he performing the version that he wrote for Marilyn Monroe, mm -hmm. the first one. Yeah, he yeah. performs it, yeah, but only with the... Uh, when the Finish. children allow, yeah. yeah, he will sing the song about Diane. So it's about sad stories in Elton John's life. But if we are moving on, was there something, something else which helped him to come further? Yeah, yeah. His first song to reach the US Billboard Hot 100 number one position was Crocodile Rock mm. from the pop album Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player. <laughs> I like the name. <laughs> and his 1973 album Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, which yeah. by the way is also my favorite song of his, mm -hmm. gained a cult status as it was an instant hit both critically and popularly. The album established his reputation as a glam rock star. Yeah, that was the period when he is getting more and more pop style. But he, I think, is still in some kind of mix, rock, blues and pop. Of course, pop, because he was popular and he's still popular. And so, yeah, as we can see, Elton John has mm, not a great variety, but he has his own variety of songs um, and different kind of lyrics I can say because even Bernie Toppin was talking about his way that his songs were different if we can compare for example your song actually it's one of my favorite songs it's full of love and inspiration and this um, spirit of of being young and being maybe careless a bit <laughs> so we can compare for example your song was about this period of time when two people are too young and they don't think about anything they just fell in love and they're happy and it's an interesting story connected with this song your song <laughs> <laughs> that they've created this song but they were not hurry to publish it to open it to the people it was the second single from second album Elton John as yeah, you said uh -huh. yeah because 
uh, I don't know, they were not sure about this the song. They were sure that it was hmm, too, as I told you, maybe not, not, not serious and mm, that this song wouldn't conquer the hearts of their listeners, but it was real shot in the hearts and still people is singing this song and uh, Bernie Toppin says it's like a good dog you know it's always with you and maybe not good comparison <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah but it's really like a ballad of love and I really love this song it's light and full with this beautiful and warm feelings but I would like to say also something about other side about his sad songs and one of the song is sorry seems to be the hardest word oh I'm yeah yeah i'm sure you know it yeah but actually at first i heard it by the band blue i think with yeah, him yeah yeah but it was and only covering. then i found out that originally it's his so only his song yeah because yeah, i can feel this difference in these two versions yes yeah when i sometimes definitely. listen to the radio and I can tell you definitely oh no it's not Elton John it's the blues because yeah interesting story also this song is of course about another period of lives I mean in, in, in people's lives so this is about breakup and also Bernie Toppin was telling the same it's absolutely different because uh, he was writing this song later of course <laughs> than your song and it was about divorces it's about um breaking ups because when you are young you are about love but when you came all this long way and all your life of course it turns a bit different from your teenage and young ages so that was actually the story about i've told you about lyrics and music So as we revealed, first Topin was writing the lyrics mm -hmm. and after that Elton John was creating the music. Yes, But yes. with this song it was absolutely opposite. So this song was born in 1975 in Los Angeles when Elton was just sitting near the piano and he was lazily put his fingers on the buttons on the piano and he was trying to find the tune the melody and found and after that he showed his sketches to Bernie and that was how this hit was created so vice versa first music then lyrics because it was again the best tandem the best mix of their work And now we can say that this single is hit, the greatest hit. And as you said, in 1976, it was the first single in all charts, I can say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And moving on, let's go to the 80s. And the decade of 1980s was a decent period in John's career, too. And although he lost his touch in music, thanks to his drinking and drug problems, I think you have yeah. some information about that period, yeah? Yeah, it's again some... Sad information, yeah, <laughs> sad but information. I, I'll finish and then you will sure. tell us, yeah, share with us. I will try to make it a bit lighter. <laughs> thanks. All was not gone, even though he had problems, all was not gone. He produced several smash hits during 
this time, including including Little Jenny, Empty Garden, a tribute mm-hmm. to John yeah. Lennon. I'm still standing. Actually, a great a great song that shows that you feel he tells all the people that you are burying me right here. You're saying he's got problems. He will never be the same. But he answered them. Yeah, I'm still standing. I'm still standing. Yeah, and uh, he also wrote. That's what friends are for, which reached number one spot in the U.S. again. So even having problems, he was still number one. And he also performed several live shows during this time. But this time, as I already said, was really hard because of drugs and alcohol. And please share. So what can I tell you that, of course, by this period of time, Elton John had a lot of concerts, a lot of work. So, of course, it was the great stress and great heat on his health and during this period of time he started taking drugs and actually it was the time of you know punk revolution in england so that's why his songs came less popular that's why this time was really harsh to him and as you said finally he got this song i'm still standing so he has been taking this rehabilitation course for a long time and he was trying to overcome to get out from this bottom because if i can say sometimes shit happens (laughs) to everyone even if you are famous even if you are on the top of your level for now you can just come down in one second and the great point is that Elton could overcome it. And again, his music, his songs helped him. So that's why I think all his songs are full with sense. It's not just, uh, you know, mix of words. It has deep sense. And I'm still standing. It was about this period of time that he had problems, but he found the force to get himself out from it. Yes. And also we were talking about, let's get back to the happy side of his career. Yeah, sure, <laughs> We were talking about only musical awards that he has a lot of and yeah. the charts. But he actually got a film award too. Yeah. Yeah, we he got in 1994. <laughs> yeah, he got the Oscar, his first Academy Award for the Can You Feel the Love Tonight, the yeah, song that we started writing. our yeah. podcast. And it um, it's also shows you how talented he is. Yeah. He takes awards from different spheres and also he is Sir Elton John and that means that he is a knight. Yeah, by the way. Yes. Could so you share the story? So about his knighthood. John is often formally referred to as Sir Elton John, the CBE. I never heard this CBE. Mm-hmm. The CBE don't denotes commander of the order of the British Empire. This is the third highest rank in Britain's order of chivalry. And he achieved it in 1995. But that's not all, because as if the CBE wasn't enough, John was knighted <laughs> by Queen Elizabeth in yeah. 1998 for his services to music and fund raising for AIDS charities. The only thing I know about his fund of AIDS, mm-hmm. I think he made it somewhere near the death of Freddie Mercury yeah, because right, Freddie yeah. was his friend. Yeah. yeah. And also I know that all the profits from his singles are going into this fund. Yeah. So, But I think you've got more information. So yes, you've told actually the direct information about it so in 1991 after the death of freddie mercury frontman of the queen elton john decided to organize 
this fund fighting against AIDS because of course it again had personal reasons because he went through this period of time when he was drug addicted and he understood that he didn't want to end up his life like this because still he wanted to share his arts and his talent with his music and with his songs and that's why and of course because freddy was his friend it had again this personal tragical influence on him so again we can notice how deep and how responsible he behaves i can say now when we were moving on through his career through his biography i can admit he's a great person because he told that he never tried to listen to other people and he never wanted to show him up he just lived his life and one thing he wanted to be happy and he couldn't find this happiness in living with the women we've told about earlier so that's why now he has a husband that's now he hasn't any drug addiction anymore i think it's more about when you understand that something is happening in your life but you can change it and you can go through it and you can just start with a new page in your life so if you have something to add yeah i would like to add about the freddie mercury situation uh-huh. yeah as you already said john was extremely close with the freddie mercury And when Mercury was dying of AIDS in the early 90s, one of the final things he did was buy Elton John a gift, a painting by one of John's favorite artists. And John actually wrote about his friendship with Mercury in a moving, deeply personal letter. As Freddie deteriorated in the late 1980s and early 90s, it was almost too much to bear. It broke my heart to see this absolute light onto the world ravaged by AIDS. By the end, his body was covered with Composes sarcoma lesions. He was almost blind. He was too weak to even stand. By all rights, Freddy should have spent those final days concerned only with his own comfort, but that wasn't who he was. Yeah, so this just only confirms how sensitive and how close they were with Freddie Mercury. Yeah, deep thoughts and deep words. So, yeah, and now, after this... After this interesting review, I can <laughs> say yes, during his life, he had his own bottoms and he found his own tops but what you wanted to say is yeah after this death and foundation and nowadays this foundation has become one of the world's largest non-profit yeah. aids organization raising yeah. more than 300 million dollars in support of worthy projects in 55 countries around the world so this was again another set part in our <laughs> <laughs> program but maybe We spoke about his career and his awards, his ups and downs, but now maybe we speak a little bit about the Rocketman, the movie. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, because, well, at first I will share my expression. I yeah. will recommend you the movie. Yeah, I think you will express only your own exp- <laughs> expression because I'm um, sorry, dear listeners, I haven't watched this film. I wanted really so much to watch it, but I will definitely watch it after our program. <laughs> so, Andre, what can you tell us about this film yeah and here we again return to Freddie Mercury because Uh everybody I think compared to movies Bohemian Rhapsody and 
the Rocket Man. I didn't like Bohemian Rhapsody at all because it was Me like either. a fairy tale. Me tale. either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't show the real Freddie Mercury, and I could go to YouTube and listen to the playlist of songs. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, I can say the same. I can't say that it's a bad movie. No, it's full of maybe maybe it's full of you know the light side of yeah of this and yes it's like a musical that's why people loved it but for me it was a bit boring because yeah i wanted maybe to know more information about his life but if you wanted maybe we should go and watch the documentary <laughs> so yeah also yeah, yeah also true. but what about rocket man and rocket man i really loved because it showed elton john how he was mm-hmm. with all his ups and downs and it showed that sometimes he was rude even to Bernie mm-hmm. yeah and he was because of the drugs and alcohol and Bernie was trying mm-hmm. to to tell him stop it Wasn't and he good. was like no and Bernie had to leave him at mm-hmm. some moment even but also the f- another fact that I loved that actors sang there with their voices oh, so they it was real performance yeah they didn't oh, lip sync yeah Taron mm-hmm. Edgerton had a great performance and I actually have a little quote by Elton John uh-huh, okay. how he picked Taron Edgerton because at first and an other people should have played this oh, in this really? movie yeah hmm. it, there was Justin Timberlake oh god yeah but I think the second option will be even more surprising it was Tom Hardy <laughs> no I think mm, they are not the type of Elton John's type really because no no I'm not against I'm not against them they are great in their own roles and in their own ways but Elfen is absolutely different from them <laughs> yeah and so he tells about the moment when he knew that Taron was the right man uh-huh. he heard him singing don't let the sun go down on me he said he thinks uh, Elton John uh-huh. thinks that it was really important that whoever played him didn't lip sync he wanted them to actually sing the songs and Taron had already sung I'm still standing brilliantly in the ma- animated film sing and but don't let the sun go down it's uh-huh. also a quote from Yay. Elton John but don't let the sun go down on me is a really hard song for a vocalist he knows because he struggled with it himself when he tried to record it in 1974 the session went incredibly badly I just couldn't get it right. Demonstrating my legendary composure and breezy good humor in the face of a crisis, I ended up threatening to strangle my producer, <laughs> Gus Dudgeon, with my bare hands, then announced that the song was so terrible that I was never going to release it, and instead was going to give it to Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> Taron, on the other hand, just sang it. No threats of murder, no mention of dear old Engelbert. <laughs> so, and actually, I... 100% agree with Elton. Taron Edgerton, his appearance, how he plays, how delicate he with the image of Elton John and how he sings, actually. It's really all just comes in like a great sum, great ensemble of a man mm-hmm. that there you see the Elton John. It was like the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. So I really would like to watch it even if I don't like it or if, if if I like it, it doesn't matter but it's really interesting to dip into someone's biography and to reveal some information which can help you to understand more the songs, the lyrics. There's one thing I've opened during our traveling with you, Andre, through the life of Elton John is that despite of all these 
bad events and good events in his life. Despite of all these gains and losses of all his sad stories and good events in his life, what is the main thing in his life and what is the main thing in the life of everyone on this planet is love. Because even if his songs are not as light and easy and fun and positive, they are about love, all of them. Every, each song is about love. And I would like just to remember one more song, Believe, you know it. Yes. I believe in love. It's mm-hmm. the, first, the first words. And he says, it's all we got. Love has no boundaries and cost nothing to touch. So it's a very deep thing, I think. And that's why his songs, I'm sure, will be living Maybe not forever, but they will be living as long as people will save love in their hearts. So that was he was believing love and love is everywhere. Love is when we find our sweethearts. Love is when we are breaking up. Love is when we are losing friends. Love when we are finding a new one. It doesn't matter where you are, but you should believe, I think. And also self-love. Yeah, and also self-love, of course, because without that, we couldn't have our own way. So thank you, Sir Elton John, for these deep thoughts. I, I have goosebumps. And thank you, you, <laughs> Julia. <laughs> uh, but just, it, it was my feeling, really, because when I'm listening to his songs, it's like it touches your heart, really. It yeah, goes, It goes into you. And even today... I told you I've been listening to his songs. I was crying when I was listening to Believe, really. It, it's something magical. Yeah, I was crying at the end of the Rocketman. But actually, uh, Sir Elton John himself, coming back to the Rocketman theme, Sir yeah. Elton John himself, he wrote an article in The Guardian mm-hmm. after the movie came out. And it starts with the words, words, I was in the cinema for about 15 minutes before I started crying. Not crying as the occasional tear quietly trickling down my cheek, really sobbing in that loud, unguarded, emotionally destroyed way that makes people turn around (laughs) and look at you with alarmed expression. Uh, That's how the film uh, hit him. But actually, I want to say another fact about this movie that Elton John said. Uh, I promised our listeners that I will tell them the fact that he felt like Freddie Mercury on the stage. Some studios wanted, that's another quote from Elton John, some studios wanted us to lose the fantasy element and make a more straightforward biopic. Mm-hmm. But that, that was missing the point. Like I said, I lived in my own head a lot as a kid. And when my career took off, it took off in such a way that it almost didn't seem real to me. I wasn't an overnight success by any means. I'd been slogging around the clubs, making records, writing songs with Bernie and trying to sell them to people who weren't interesting for four or five years before anything be happened. But when it happened, it went off like a missile. Maybe the Rocket Records, like a missile, went <laughs> off. Yeah. There is a moment in Rocket Man when I'm playing on stage in a Troubadour club in LA and everything in the room starts levitating, me included. And honestly, that's what I felt it like. Yeah. So even though he was sitting near the piano all the time, in his head, he was moving even in the air. He was moving even more than Freddie yeah. Mercury. Yeah, that was what we were talking about. Agree. So I think for today... It's everything we had to discuss. I really enjoy this program 
and really enjoy this musician. I don't want to tell anything about his personal life. I think it's his own way and yes. he can do, of course, what he wants. He's a great person, I can say, and I really love to listen to his songs and his songs will never be out of date. Yeah, I agree with you, with all, all just you said. And I actually love that we didn't touch his personal life, that yeah. we made a program about the artist, not, yeah. not a yeah. usual human being, because he isn't. He's yeah, a great, he's great, a great artist. Ar and he's a great artist. That's what we should have said. Yeah. He's a great so, person. And thank you guys for sticking with us for this hour. Yeah. See you next Friday. Thank you. See you in a week and enjoy listening to Elton John and other great musicians. Goodbye. Do you want to know about customs, traditions, beliefs and culture of different countries? Have you ever wondered how different backgrounds influence our worldview? Let's find out together. Join us every Friday from 10 to 12 on Mustafa FM.